into the contest. It is Tuesday, the 8th of February. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, uh, look, I know your passport is up to date, but uh, it'll be a little while before you go overseas. But you are getting back to normal. You're heading to Melbourne. Tell me. Yeah, we are, mate. Uh, my business partner, Craig Hodges, and I are heading down to Melbourne for a bit of work Thursday and Friday. But uh, the most importantly, mate, well, it feels like a bit mm. of normality coming back, but... Most importantly, we've got two work dinners uh, at two fantastic restaurants, Coda and Supernatural. So I'm pretty pumped about going down there, mate, and um, getting back into the dining scene of Melbourne, which is, we know, Timmy's brilliant. Not that I'm big on my food, but the lobster roll at Supernatural? (laughs) Yeah, good. I've not been. You could eat your body weight in it. It, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Melbourne, some of the restaurants are just extraordinary. Now, we have a wonderful charity auction running here, of course, for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation, who raise funds for important cancer research. There are some amazing things there. Look, and go and have a squeeze. There's a golf day with the great Benji Marshall. What a player. Afternoonsport.com forward slash auction is the place to go. Now, Todd Greenberg, interesting defence of the Australian players while Warney smashes Cricket Australia and some very, very interesting stuff around Kokonakis and Kyrgios. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Shane, interesting defence from Todd Greenberg, of course, who in effect is the head of the Players Association, the Australian Cricketers Association, um, around the players in the whole Justin Langer saga. I don't think the players done anything wrong anyway, myself. No, I don't. And I think uh, Pat Cummins has been a great leader. He has the respect of his team. He's done a good job. As we said yesterday, he's pretty green, but he doesn't have the final say in this. And, um, you know, I'm just disappointed with guys like Michael Clark now coming out and having a go at him, and yeah, Michael Clark doesn't have a good thing to say about anyone, mate, and um, that's probably why his best mate's his accountant, but anyway, that's another story. But yeah, Mitchell Johnson having a go at, at Pat Cummins saying it was really, really weak. The, the players, whilst they do have a say, um, and they are sort of involved in the process, it's down to Cricket Australia, and I think War- Warney did the, summed it up the best, that um, he had more of a direct go at Cricket Australia and uh, Nick Hockley, and, and Warney was right there, and he's sort of questioning you know, things like you know, what, did they cover up stuff in Sandpaper Gate? So Warney's going back and going for the throat big time. But the thing that I do agree with what Warney also said is that um, Cricket Australia need a good leader, someone like Gil McLaughlin. Because I think the AFL 
do it the best, mate, definitely. Yeah, but, um, but, as, but as far does, as... Look, Gil McLaughlin didn't cover himself in glory in the AFL. That's that's one part that I probably mm. diverge on. Uh, look, I get it. I reckon Cricket Australia got it completely wrong because the way they handled the whole situation, they weren't transparent through the process. You've got Justin Langer, who's not only an Australian coach, but really an iconic figure in the game of cricket. So it needed to be handled properly. But but to throw up a name like Gil McLaughlin, I, I, look, it's so Melbourne, you know, it's so Warney and Melbourne to throw up a name like that. Yeah, but I think uh, what he's trying to say is that, uh, you know, the way, the way that Creed Australia has handled themselves hasn't been great. And I think that mm. professionally, uh, if you look at all sporting codes in this country, the AFL has been run the best for the last 15, 20 years. So I think that's what Warney was alluding to there. But look, I just think um, where Tom Greenberg was right is that um, everyone should lay off Pat Cummins because he is the captain. He has done a great job, and it's not his final decision whether Langer stays or not. We need to move on now. Not that there's anything wrong with Melbourne. I love Melbourne. It's like a second home to me. But it's mm. sometimes in business and sport, it, and you played against Victoria, this this New South Wales Victoria thing, it's a very, very unique thing. Yeah, it is. And um, But it also was, it was always great rivalry too against Queensland. So, um, But, yeah, look, I, look I, I just think it's time to move on. I think that we've made mm. our decision now. Justin Langer, there's no doubting he was a fantastic player and he's done a really good job as coach. Um, he'll pack up his bag now and move on and probably go over and coach England mm. uh, and we'll see how he goes and we wish him all the best. I wonder whether Peter Volandi's ever... I mean, he's already pretty busy though, isn't he, running racing in New South Wales <laughs> in the NRL? But he's the kind of bloke that would uh, get a job done, no doubt, for cricket. Now, the Beijing Winter Olympics, of course, we mentioned yesterday Australia's won its first gold medal and it's won a bronze and for a time being there, it was ahead of Austria on the, uh, the medal tally, which is quite extraordinary. Mm. But... Um, China's not happy. Uh, one of their golden boys in a very talented winter sports country, um, China, as they are in most sports with a huge population and uh, and the weather does vary, so they get both the cold and the heat. But uh, they're not happy with the way uh, one of their great competitors has been treated. No, well, the, the big social media platform in China is Weibo, and um, one of their golden boys, a 17-year-old golden boy, Su Yiming, uh, missed out on gold, was um, was uh, potentially you know, positioned to, to win gold, but it was the Canadian uh, Max Paro that actually beat him on points. This is the thing about the Olympics, mate, that it, it comes down to judges in a lot of sport and their opinion. So, um, But, yeah, apparently Weibo, the, the social media platform in China, exploded with disappointment, saying it was a perfect run, he should have won, um, that they're being corrupt. So, yeah, quite ironic anyway. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Su Yiming got silver, where Max Paro got gold from Canada. Yeah, it's interesting that judges, isn't it, like diving yeah. at, uh, at the Olympics, and you, you see the scores, 8.5, 8.5, 8.5, 3.2 from the Russian judge. Maybe you sort of get, <laughs> sometimes you get a little bit of a, a differential. Yeah. Now, um, you can see a movie being made here, can't you, about Peng Shui, the the Chinese tennis player, former number one in the world, and, of course, all the drama in and around uh, her supposed disappearance, the allegation of sexual assault that first came out that has now sort of been washed away. Yeah, if, if there's ever a movie brought out about Peng Shui, um, it'll be uh, directed by the uh, Chinese government, that's for sure, Tim, because she was clearly forced to get up and say in a public forum during these Olympics um, – She's, as we know, mate, the poor girl has had to backflip on those sexual assault allegations. She said she was never abducted or, or taken away. 
Um, clearly, she's been through uh, a horrible time in her life, and and she seems very, very scared, and always correcting her words when she speaks. So, yeah, I, um, I do feel for her safety, but uh, she's obviously has to do this now to um, if she wants to continue any sort of normal life in China. Yeah, awfully difficult, isn't it? Now, a, a real yeah. change of pace, still in the world of tennis, but. Uh, there has been some speculation about dramas with Kyrgios and Hewitt and others. Of course, he's not available for this Davis Cup. And uh, look, his doubles partner, this you know, the special K double partner from the Australian <laughs> Open, and Kokonakis, Tanasi Kokonakis, has come out and and said, look, he was asked to come. Um, but and like we discussed the other day, this is so curious to not play. It's a big, big time. I, I just love these two. And and Kokonakis, when I said, well, Nick was asked, um, and he said no. Nick has something on. I'm not sure what he has on, but I'm sure he has something on. So he's not going to play. It's just uh, the, the the honesty that comes from uh, Kokonakis and Nick Kouris is, is hilarious. I think when they're interviewed, they just don't know how to manage a, an interview at all. But um, clearly he was asked, and uh, I don't know whether it's an ongoing feud with, with Leighton Hewitt and Nick doesn't want to do it or he just wants to rest now. But uh, it's a shame because um, what Kokonakis did say that Nick was asked, and he is now best Davis Cup team, and hopefully one day he gets back to playing that because um, you know, the spirit they brought in the field in, in Melbourne was fantastic. His career is like a bouncing ball. Curious, isn't it? Boing, <laughs> boing, boing, boing. All it right, is. stay with us. We're talking AFL, NRL, UFC and much, much more. Now, the AFL, of course, has been pushed from pillar to post, particularly with border closures in Western Australia and dramas with COVID all around the country. They've had to play in bubbles, and Mm. it's been an extraordinary couple of years. Of course, the Melbourne Demons winning the premiership in Perth. Now, they've uh, announced an additional uh, pre-season practice match series, which I think people will love because they've got an absolute thirst for as much as they can possibly get. Yeah, get us some more AFL, mate. Uh, the season's only a month away now, Tim, but they will play a round of pre-season matches uh, towards the end of February, so only a few weeks away. And we're all looking forward, mate, to a, a massive season on the paddock with a couple of big milestones to happen. In particular, Buddy Franklin, he's sitting on 995 goals, mate, 995 goals. And uh, so he will kick his 1,000th goal this season, you would think, and uh, that'll be an amazing, um, uh, amazing achievement. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I love Buddy. He's such a – look, he's such a, a quiet guy away from the field. Mm. I got to know him a little bit over the years and he was such a likeable bloke. Now, the NRL Rugby League, what about – Brad Fittler's son, uh, Zach, he's just off the charts. He's bigger, he's stronger, and you and I are both old enough to remember when Freddie yeah. came on to uh, the scene in the NRL. Well, he's, uh, you know, fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. If you look at him, he looks like exactly like his dad, but just bigger. He's 15 years old at the moment, um, playing, making his debut for the under 17 for the Roosters. 15 years old, 105 kilos already. And they reckon he'll play in the sort of second row. But uh, look, big shoes to fill. His dad played 336 first grade games. Um, but they're saying uh, he has all the, the skills that his dad had and um, he's going to be a decent player. And 
by the size of him already, he looks like he will be. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I watched a little bit of the vision of that game. And he's a back rower. Like, I know Freddie played a little bit of lock, but, uh, yeah, watch for his name going forward. I know the Roosters Big time. have a huge rap on him. Now, Ange Ball. Ange Ball is, is catching on, not only in Scotland, but all <laughs> through uh, Europe. Ange Postacoglu, of course, we speak of, uh, the former Socceroos coach. Uh, he's at Celtic, and uh, he's just got them flying. And, and with Tommy Rogic... Uh, in the form he's in. He scored a double um, to thrash Motherwell. He did, mate. He's just come back from representative duties with the Socceroos and straight back into the team and slotted in with two goals, uh, thrashing Motherwell 4-0. And um, Ange can do no wrong at the moment. He's really got that team, but he's created a real stir uh, and a real belief in that football club, and um, it's it's going to be sort of a, a generational thing here, I think, he's creating. And, uh, yeah, he, he's... Stu- he's um, his value and stocks have gone through the roof as, as a coach, that's for sure, after this um, stint at Celtic. Now, a huge fight coming up in the UFC and lots of talk, lots of, you know, pre-fight hype, as you always get. Now, Israel Adesanya has said that Robert Whittaker's striking improvements are being seriously overhyped. There's, uh, <laughs> there's one thing about the UFC uh, in the lead-up. They do it so well with the publicity. They're always releasing things to keep it. Uh, on people's or on the top of people's minds, big time. And uh, yeah, Israel's saying that uh, Robert Whitaker, um, as you said, punching it has improved, but he said that he's made some gains in his last three consecutive wins. But he said, I still knocked him out in 2019, and uh, and uh, he will do that again. So, and it's a real New Zealand versus Australia theme going on here too. And they, they as you said, they do it very, very well. The UFC and um, and the lead up. I think this will be a, a closer fight than Israel is saying. But I think Israel will still get the chocolates. Kelly Slater, well, he's as old as us, Shane, yeah. and he's still surfing and he's sort of thinking about his, his retirement. I, I suppose you've got to do it before you officially get a pension. Well, you do, mate. So he turns 50 on Thursday, so he's even older than me, Tim, and um, he's still the current world number one. He has 11 world titles. Will he go for his 12th? Um, they're sort of saying the big thing with Kelly Slater, no one knows whether he's vaccinated or not. Um, they're saying the change in the rules has really helped his style and he could win 12 or 13 potentially mm. world titles. But um, there's one coming up in Australia and what happened with Novak Djokovic, he may not get into the country. So people are saying he probably will retire now. Yeah, dare I say, there's a few years between you and I. He is yep. he's nearly 50. Not that many years, but um, I am over the 50 mark. But I don't know how he stands on a surfboard, let alone goes through pipeline. Now, uh, I played a little bit of grade cricket in my day many, many years ago. Never got to first grade. But I could imagine if, if here I am walking out for, say, Gordon or Fairfield or somewhere yep. in the Sydney competition or elsewhere in in Melbourne or around the country, and I saw the opening bowlers for the opposition were Brett Lee and Shoaib Akhtar. I reckon I might get a bit edgy. <laughs> Mate, this was uh, this was an amazing day. It was um, at Allen Border Oval in Mossman, a small little ground there on the North Shore, and, and I think we're playing against Fairfield, and the opening bowlers we had at the time were, were Brett Lee and Shoaib Akhtar, the two fastest bowlers probably ever. And I remember I was a captain of the team, I remember tossing. It's the first time I ever tossed in a match when all seven of the opposition batsmen were standing around watching what the result would be. <laughs> and as the toss came down and I call heads and heads it was, before I could even answer that, we're going to bowl, Shoab yells out, we are bowling. <laughs> and the shoulders of these seven batsmen just went right down. Um, it was it was a funny day. Both Brett and Shoab tried to bowl faster than each other, so they didn't bowl their best, but... Uh, 
geez, we, we were standing a long way back and a small little ground, um, as I said, Alan Border Oval, we're almost back on the fence to both of them. And, uh, yeah, I think we ended up bowling the opposition out for about 120 or something. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty much bounces and yorkers for the whole day. It was, it was really, really good to watch. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. And we love our sponsors. Yeah, our fantastic sponsors in Main Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And our great producer, Dan McHugh, back on board tomorrow for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.